I'm Nobilis Reed from the Nobilis Erotica podcast at nobilis.libson.com, and you're listening to The Melting Podcast. You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. We're going to start with an apology for the sound quality. Welcome to the Disaster Kitchen for episode 94 of The Melting Podcast. It's a disaster. Agreed. <laughs> I'm your head chef, A.F. Grappin. I'm your grill mistress, Erin Kazmar. So why is our audio quality so bad right now? Because we're in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are currently well in the middle of me not having a recording closet anymore. So we are recording this in Aaron's dining room, which is Disaster Kitchen adjacent. And echoey. Yeah. Echoey. echoey. Yeah. So apologies for that. This High is, ceilings and wood floors. Yeah. This is temporary, but probably for at least another month. Hey, at least we're still putting out content. Yeah. We yes. could absolutely be taking a hiatus due to circumstances. Mm-hmm. Which we, we've done before. We have done before. And, you know, fair warning, depending on how things go, we could again. But that wouldn't be until after the holidays at the earliest. Yeah. So we're in a holding pattern right now, but we're still doing the thing. Yes. And we're bringing you along for the ride. Meal. Meal ride. Oh my gosh, does that mean we're carrying them around on a tray? No. This Bringing is... them along for the meal ride? They, no. they eat on a tray? Is it... Or is it one of those rotating restaurants? That's what I was thinking. Yay! We thought the same thing. First try. First try. We completely forgot about the tray. So anyway, <laughs> what's on the menu for today? Um, a cat sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> so a snot potato. Oh, that was, that was smoke though. They're all snot potatoes. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. You're the one in charge. What's on the menu? Two Stoke the Fire stories. Two Stoke the Fire stories. Oh, thank you for letting me know. You're welcome. These are based on prompt number 21. You found a star that actually grants wishes. Dun, dun, dun. Enjoy. Bon appetit. Sealed with a Kiss by Christopher Michael. She crouched beside the dumpster in the alley breathing quietly through a scarf to keep her breath from fogging in the crisp evening air. She kept one eye carefully on her target, the street worker in the bright red pumps. How the hell does she walk in those things? The question was half admiring and half irritated. The woman was taking far too long to finish her transaction and head home. She'd been watching this woman for a week. She always headed down this alley to the next street. For some reason, street safety wasn't something she was concerned with. It made her huntress job much easier. God, I wish this whore would hurry up. From the corner of her eye, she caught a brief red twinkling and an odd hissing breath in her mind. Before she could focus clearly on the source, the woman had wrapped up her transaction and started down the alley. She made a mental note to check that weirdness out later and prepared for her evening. As the woman passed in front of her, she lurched to her feet. A quick injection of a fast-acting narcotic later, and the streetwalker went from surprised to barely conscious, leaning heavily on the woman next to her. From that point, it was a simple matter of maneuvering the young woman where the huntress wanted her to go. It went quickly. It always did. 
The prostitute struggled against her bonds, like always. She tried to scream against the gag, but it was tight enough that nothing louder than a whisper escaped. The huntress stood over her. She smiled softly. Don't worry, dear. I'm not going to torture you, and your body will remain inviolate. I have no interest in sexual conquest. What you can give me is much more important, so much dearer than a simple night of lust. She sat on the woman's lap, straddling her in a way that would have been uncomfortable if she wasn't filled with the anticipation of what was to come. You can call me... She chuckled slightly. <laughs> Forgive me. You can't speak. My name is Kali. It's pronounced like the Hindu goddess. She shrugged. What can I say? I'm a classicist. The woman struggled harder, trying to speak around the gag. Kali continued smiling distractedly. I'm afraid your struggle is in vain. I know what I'm doing. She pulled a flint knife from the small of her back. Are you ready, my dear? The woman's eyes widened in terror at the sight of the blade, then widened even more when Kali shoved it into her chest, and then did it two more times. Kali stared into her eyes, focused intently on them as her victim's heart beat in fear and tore itself apart on the blade. She stared, unblinking, as the life faded from those twin agates. She held her breath in anticipation, refusing to even shift position to ease her aching back until the moment came. The eyes of her victim flared with one final moment of life, and then faded into death. Kali leaned forward and placed a gentle kiss on the woman's forehead. Thank you. She stood up, all business, and cleaned herself and the scene of all traces that could be used to link her to the scene the police would be investigating tomorrow. She was a killer, not a monster. She wanted the victims to be found and treated with respect. She smiled at the memory of what she had seen, what the victim had given her as she left the building. Back in the alley, she stared at the ground where that twinkle had caught her eye the night before in confusion. On the ground in front of her lay a simple device. It was as red as the blood she had washed from her hands, but otherwise was a simple five-pointed star. It looked like a charm that might be found on a necklace. It was simple, and something that nobody would have noticed. Still, it had made an impact last night, and it seemed to be pulling at her. She crouched down and picked the small charm up from the ground. Suddenly, she gasped in slight pain. Somehow, one of the sharp points had cut into her glove and pierced the flesh of her palm. Oh, I think I like you. She whirled around in confusion. Where the hell had that voice come from? Look down, love. She glanced at her palm, where she had felt a slight twitch and another stab. Hello. The voice, dry and sepulchral, somehow seemed to come from the simple charm and be in her mind at the same time. She swallowed hard against the sudden lump in her throat. Who? What are you? I am as you see me. 
I exist to make life, hmm, interesting. I can do the unimaginable, the unfathomable, the impossible. She frowned. So let me get this straight. You do magic. Search your memory of the events from last night. You know what I can do. She thought quickly. I wanted that hooker to hurry up and head this way. And then she did. She frowned and thought. You made that happen? She could almost feel the voice's smug satisfaction. I arranged circumstances so that her transaction was completed faster than it perhaps would have been otherwise. Kali frowned. Did you know what I intended? Of course not, child of darkness. I could surmise you meant her harm. However, the connection is in the blood. Only once I taste you could I understand what you had done, what you are. And I repeat, I think I like you. She nodded slowly, closing her fist around the item. As she left the alley, she had to ask one last question. And what is it about what you saw that you like? Allow me a question as answer. Have you perhaps heard of Elizabeth Bathory, the Blood Countess? Enriqueta Marti? I empowered their desires, their wishes. My only rule is this. Do not cast me aside. I will make you reign supreme, but misplace me, and I will make your fall catastrophic. Kali frowned. I don't think that's going to be a problem if you are what you say you are. The detective entered the room, coffee in one hand and notebook in the other, ducking under crime scene tape. She took one look around the room and swore softly. She carefully approached the body, taking in the scene. Do I even have to ask? Her partner shrugged. Not really. He gestured at the body where the medical examiner was working. We've got an empty apartment, a clean crime scene, a lone body bound and gagged with a single stab wound, the standard note on the bathroom mirror, and I'm guessing the same signature on the forehead. Bob here will probably confirm that. The medical examiner looked back at them. We'll know when we get her back to the lab, but there's definitely some sort of mark on the forehead. Looks like drugstore lipstick. Teresa took a long sip of her coffee, swearing in the back of her mind, and then glanced at her partner. Is it the same note? He nodded, an irritated twist to his lip. To the letter. The media is going to have a field day with this. Another day, another body. How many are we up to now? Fifteen, isn't it? He nodded. Yep, I asked the boss that a couple minutes ago. We had fifteen bodies with this specific M.O. We have another dozen that are similar, but don't have the note on the mirror. Those were also prostitutes instead of... He gestured at the body which was now being wrapped in a black bag for transportation inside. Women like this. Yeah, 
but we didn't get called in until the killer moved on to white-collar women and housewives. She tried to keep the irritation out of her voice and failed. Hookers don't make sexy headlines unless a politician's involved. From one corner of the room, by wish unnoticed, though not technically invisible, Kali watched the action. Her star, now suspended from a silver chain around her neck, had fulfilled every wish to date. She had wanted to perfect her technique, and it had allowed her plenty of opportunity. She had wanted to make her mark by moving on to more important prey, and it had manipulated events to make that possible. She had wanted a name, and it had arranged for her to be known as the Swakiller. She rested one hand on the star, feeling the familiar bite as it tasted her blood. She grinned as Detective Teresa Montez walked right by her without noticing. I want that one. There was a hollow laugh in her mind. As you wish, my dear. Until tomorrow, she whispered. Then she blew a kiss toward the detective and left. Wish Star by Quinn Gray Thunder rumbled in the distance. Gray clouds blocked the sunset. The far eastern horizon darkened. Stars gleamed against the twilight. The full moon shone bright. Black clouds devoured that light. Running in the rain used to be a favorite of his. He lived for moments like this, when he could watch the clouds roll in and lace up for a twilight jog. A long cross-country marathon in the mud was a good weekend in his mind. It almost rained the day he tried out for the Olympic team, and he had been the only one excited for the possibility. His potential teammates teased him, in good nature, about it. A voice called from inside. The storm was getting close. It was dangerous sitting outside. The wind shook the trees. Lightning could surely strike close. Would it be that bad? Another call from indoors. Rain was on the horizon and lightning and thunder came almost simultaneously. But getting inside was so annoying. The deck he sat on was finely constructed, but some of the edges were just off from each other. Something in the sky glinted and caught his eye. He faced the eastern sky, still able to see some stars before the clouds swept them away. It took his mind a second to catch up with what he had seen. It had been a bright, solid streak against the dark backdrop. He stared for a moment. There had been a time when he would have made a wish, but he waved a hand at it dismissively. Those things don't work, he grumbled to himself. He had wished for years, but nothing ever happened. He finally navigated the turn, but stopped when he saw something in front of him. It reminded him of a piece of star-shaped candy, but the size of a basketball, and glowing, and hovering a few feet in front of him. Those things? Its voice sounded like wind chimes. As he stared, he didn't notice that the world around him froze. 
A leaf blown from a tree hovered behind the brightly colored floating piece of space rock, suspended in time. The colors of this entity swirled and shifted. It was not from this world. Hello? He felt like it was snapping fingers in his face to get his attention. Human? Did you have a stroke? No, car accident, was his impulsive reply. He didn't even understand the question. Did this faceless, sentient object roll eyes? I was questioning what you were calling me. I am not a thing. The celestial object sounded insulted still. What are you, then? A wish star. Duh. Oh, of course, he should have known. A wish star? Like, spit through your fingers, spin around, and make a wish? Yup, exactly. And I'm not a thing. Part of him wanted to make a wry comment about that. This wish star hadn't actually introduced itself nor given any other evidence of personhood. So as far as he was concerned, this wish star was still a thing. Okay, then. He started moving, heading to brush past this thing to continue his way inside. What? Where are you going? Don't you want a wish? Definitely insulted. He stopped and looked back at the wish star. I am a star that grants wishes. What do you wish for? Gods above, below, and in between, the wish star hated humans. Over the past century, less and less believed in magic, in wishes. The unicorns had already left this dimension completely. Fewer humans believed in magic, which made it harder to grant wishes, which meant, of course, fewer humans believing in magic. A terrible cycle. Do you want money? Fame? Power? A magic spoon that makes everything into ice cream? The wish star seemed to glance down. Do you want your legs back? The voice turned, taunting. His grip tightened on the wheels of his chair, his knuckles going white. He hadn't been in it for long, still getting used to people noticing it. The gleam of brushed steel always caught people's attention. He was still getting used to moving it. Everything that used to be easy was now a monstrous chore. His injuries had been extensive, but he was lucky to have family who were well-equipped to take care of his new needs. It was tempting. Of course it was. He missed two marathons since his accident, not to mention all the training and his friends. Just feeling the grass beneath his feet would be... wonderful. He stared at his lap and how they suddenly ended. No. He looked up at the thing. But if you really can grant wishes... I wish the world was kinder. The wish star was surprised. Genuinely surprised. It stared at him, unsure of how to proceed with that wish. It was so used to humans being selfish, greed in their eyes as they wished for all the world's riches. That's how viral videos happened. It stared at him as he pushed himself up the ramp inside. He woke up on the couch. The TV had gone into sleep mode, the brand logo bouncing around from corner to corner. It took a moment to fight back up into a sitting position, taking much more strength than it ever had before. He found the remote and pushed a few buttons to bring the live TV stations back up. He didn't pay attention to the news anchor chittering away. At first.
And remember, Clarendon Street is going to be closed today due to construction on the new accessible playground, the anchor was saying. Make sure you factor that into your morning commute. Now here's August with the weather. He looked up at the TV, nearly fumbling the remote as he hurried to change the channel. State employees are looking forward to a week's vacation, while much-needed construction is done on the ramps in and out of the previously poorly accessible buildings. Another anchor drawled. We have British activist Jessica Kelgren fazard to comment later. The new shows all seemed to reflect the same theme. There were projects springing up all over the city, and it wasn't just accessibility for wheelchair users. There was an indoor park opening geared towards children with autism. An empty lot was getting cleaned up and turned into a public garden. A church was raising money for a new LGBT shelter. Yes, that's right. Are you serious? His aunt wandered into the parlor on her phone, stunned about something. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. You too. Have a wonderful day. She looked over at her nephew. The credit company is eliminating my interest. They're just getting rid of it. Isn't that so kind? That's... He stared, slack-jawed. That's like a wish come true, huh? I like wishes. When you wish upon a star. This is a kitchen. All we have is like the frosting star tip. Yeah, you are, because if you're a bad person, your wishes are also bad. Are you doing it again? Your food becomes poo. <laughs> and there is your biology lesson for today, kids. Why don't we give you a lesson in something that's a little more productive, like, you know, something, something else creative that exists. Also, I could sing way better than that, but that was fun. <laughs> you have a promo. Silen's life is on trial. They think he's a leech. A thief who steals people's magic and twists it to his own ends. As if that weren't enough, stealing magical talents leaves people soulless, empty, and a breath away from death. The worst leech in history left hundreds of victims in his wake. And Prince Padero and General Brint think Silen is the monster behind those deaths. They are examining his entire life for criminal activity. And the witness accounts are telling a very different story than Silen remembers. Can Silen expose the truth and prove his innocence? Or has he been deluding himself and must now accept that he is a criminal from birth? Criminal from Birth, a new novel by A.F. Grappen, now available on Amazon in ebook and paperback. Wow. So that promo happened. It was a real process. Yeah. You know what other. <laughs> Your face was priceless. Yeah. You would have it.
<laughs> you just lost all expression. Is completely blank. <laughs> now fill in the blank. So you know what other things happen around here? Processes. Yes, exactly. What else? This is a kitchen, and kitchens contain... Blowtorches. They don't let us have those anymore. Not after oh. the disaster of 1977. But this is the disaster kitchen. Why do you think None we got of us the were name? Born then. <laughs> exactly. But they still don't let us have the blowtorches. We're apparently too immature. Thanks, FDC. Mom's too immature. What's the FDC? Federal disaster cookers. That's us. So it's us. We're in charge. I say we can have torches. <laughs> yeah, it's a. No. Wow, you know what? Mm. That was a process, too. Your mom was a process. Um, That's not very nice. I'm not very nice. Bad (laughs) kitty. (laughs) I don't know if you get it, but I'm hinting at what the next segment is. A little seasoning. Why are you in charge? FDC. I'm the oldest, therefore I'm in charge. That, that's not how this works. That's rule number one. No. Rule number one is you can never have too much sour cream. That's rule number two. <laughs> rule number two is rule number one is always right. That's very true. It's rule number 19. Rule number 19 is don't pee into the wind. <laughs> rule number 22. Rule number 22 is I'm in charge. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting to see how many more rules I can come up with. Yeah, this is you? great. It's rule number nine. Um, galoshes. <laughs> I have a processed no, food segment. No, galoshes and goulash. They're similar, but you don't use them the same way. Is it boots filled with pasta? It is today. Oh. It, it's a new hipster way of serving things. Galosh, goulash. Or goulash a la galosh. Goulash. Galoshes. Guys, just, just have a segment. I'm going through a process right now. You noise floor. There's a floor? There's also a car. There's a lot of those. It's driving on the outside floor. That's the ground. Yeah, that. Anyway, friends. Romans. Bitches. It is. (laughs) And that is the, yeah, that's the, that's the gamut we run. That's the dynamic here. Yeah. So. (laughs) You guys, uh. Ready for a processed food segment? It's not making that face at me. Are, are we ever ready for a processed food segment? Yes. Sediment? Sediment. Sediment, Sediment yes. Oh, yes. This is the, <laughs> the dust that we just sweep up off the floor. It's, it's like to- it's all toaster leave-ins and Ugh. stuff. It's pork cracklings. Oh. <laughs> Bread, breadcrumbs. Sorry, I'm so, so... So much worse than regular cracklings. <laughs> I'm still stuck on friends, Romans, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so processed foods, we have them. We 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 do terrible things to other things, and, then and make re- things for other things to read, and then read them for your amusement. We're very specific. Yes. <laughs> no, Aaron, explain explain the processed food process. We uh, we take famous monologues from movies and plays if they're well known enough. And run them through many, 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 many layers of Google Translate and then back into English. We read you the original and then we read you our concoction. Now keep in mind that the person who was reading them 
has never seen it before. Well, has never seen our yeah. version yeah. before. So in this case, Theo Hi. will be reading a very fun... <laughs> he just saw what it was. A, a very fun little short speech from V for Vendetta. You might recognize it as just the, the V speech. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna butcher this, so oh, I apologize in advance. In advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. V. Proceed. Oh gosh. <laughs> ah V for Vendetta. Let's let's do this thing. But on this most auspicious of nights, permit me <clears throat> then, in lieu of mo- the more commonplace super Yeah. Good gosh. <laughs> super game. Uh, to suggest the character of this drama- <laughs> dramatis persona. Gosh. It's, yeah, Hugo Weaving, I can't do you justice. Uh, voila, in view, humble, <laughs> vaudevillian veteran, cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate, this visage, no mere veneer of vanity, is a vestige of the vox populi, now vacant, vanished. However, this valorous visitation of a bygone vexation stands vivified and has vowed to vanquish the venal and virulent vermin, vanguarding vice and vouchsafing the violent, vicious, <clears throat> vicious and voracious violation of volition. The only verdict is vengeance, a vendetta, held as a votive not in vain, for the value and veracity of such shall one day vindicate the vigilant and the virtuous. Verily, this <laughs> vicious of verbiage veers vo- most verbose, so let me simply add that it's very good to I'm very good my very good honor to meet you, and you may call me V. Your eyebrows weren't nearly high enough for all that. No, I don't have the dramatic eyebrow. And, and slow down on the next one. Yeah, because this is. Gonna I, be I'm going to have to. Yeah, savor it. Because it's translated through Esperanto, Finnish, Swedish, German, and English. Oh God, you put Esperanto in there. <laughs> But on this most famous night, I would like to suggest the nature of this drama character instead of my usual candy store. <laughs> that, that's it. According to the gentle, humble veteran, the victim of fate, and the fate of the villain. <laughs> the candy man, candy. This face, not just vanity, is a trail of empty poppers now liberated. <laughs> Wait. You gotta say empty poppers. Right? Empty poppers. There's quotations around it. Now <laughs> liberated. Quotations here? Yes. yes. <laughs> However, this priceless visit to excessive litigation has been prompted and has promised to defeat these viable and virulent worms, protect evil, and challenge the will to violent and cruel violence. <laughs> violent and cruel. Yeah, there's violence. there's the regular type. Yes. <laughs> The only judgment is revenge, anger that is considered a voice that is not in vain, for the worth and truth of such a thing will one day proclaim the guard and the righteous. <laughs> well, except for regarding evil. Yes. Actually, this literal... <laughs> well, actually, we're explaining now. <laughs> actually, this literal vicious it looks liveliest. So, I would like to add that it is a great honor to meet you and call me a V. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, 
feel free to send us suggestions of monologues you'd like to see us destroy. Or hear us destroy. Or stumble over, in my case. <laughs> Empty poppers. Empty <laughs> poppers. <laughs> that was fun. Obesity. So verily, that was a processed food segment. Did you get it? I used a V word. Verily. You were quite vivacious when you said it. Yeah. Everybody who votes me for president of the Disaster Kitchen, raise your hand. Shall vilify you. No. I don't want to be a victim. Isn't that what happens to politicians? They decide they're victims and it's all about that? Mm-hmm. Ooh, too deep, too deep. Gotta be crazy again. Okay, um, goulash, goulash! You know what else we need? Hmm. For this episode to be over. Because we have other things to do, like preparing the next episode. Wow, that's a lot of prep time. Mm -hmm. Like a two-week prep time? Yeah. Jeez, who has that kind of time commitment anymore? Oh, wait, it's us. Yeah, but we've got a main ingredient coming down the line. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So soon we'll be able to say, order up. Yeah, that's... Yeah. So, this means that, you know, we're going to be calling it quits here, listeners. At least for this episode. For this episode. But before we go, we need to give you the usual reminders of things. Like how we are now on Spotify. That's right. You can search The Melting Podcast on Spotify and find us. That was a noisemaker. Okay. <laughs> now on Spotify, you can give us like the, the little heart thing on there and tell everybody that we're your favorite. Do it. Yeah. Please. And you can still go to iTunes and give us all the stars, but yeah, for that's, the people who are old school and still use iTunes, you know. Yeah, totally. that, that's it's so twenty two thousand fourteen. It really is. <laughs> but anyway, what else can they do on the internets? We don't talk about that. But they need to know about our swag Shh. shop. You know what the internet is for. Shh. I know, but they need to know about our swag shop. It's also on the internet. Oh, you're not talking about that thing. Yeah, shop.spreadshirt.com slash the melting podcast, where you can get all kinds of fun physical swag with our faces on them. Let's get physical swag. I like the the cat door remix. I know, right? She's she's giving me a beat. Boots and cats and boots and cats. But yeah, so you can get aprons that say Lucky Connoisseur, you can get t-shirts with Do the Hoogan, <laughs> you can get a doggy bandana that says Butts on Trees. <laughs> Butts on Trees. Yeah. Plus... Aprons. Plus stuff with our logo on them and other assorted artwork with our cutenesses. It's awesome. And you could also go to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Melting Podcast. And you can help back us for as little as one dollar an episode and it really helps we actually just got another new backer so aren't we fancy yeah so i've got to uh dig out the the swag rewards which are in my storage unit right now so we'll get you don't worry yeah don't worry I'm, i'm not going to forget it just may be a little bit delayed before you get your physical swag but thank you very much for backing us but yeah for as little as a dollar an episode that's two dollars a month yeah seriously you get Access to episodes when they drop early. Mm-hmm. You get access to our once a year backer only episode. Only people who support the podcast financially through Patreon get to hear that extra content, and we make extra long episodes. 
And they're really good, guys. Yeah, we're very, very close to getting this one this year's done. Mm-hmm. It, we just have... Health-related issues caused a delay in some of the content. Or else it probably would have been out in, like, October. Yes. But we are we are very close to done. The, the, main, the main points of it are done. We're yes. just tying up some loose ends. You also get, again, physical swag. You get a bumper sticker that says, Feed the Masses. You get a button with the, melting, the original Melting Podcast. Not the original. The second Melting Podcast logo. The one with us coming out of the pot of mac and cheese. <laughs> um, you can eventually get shout-outs on the show... Every backer will eventually get a t-shirt. The longer that you are a backer, um, that, that's how you get your t-shirt at any financial level. You can get a title mm-hmm. on the crew. Yeah. Officially become a member of the crew and you are on the website permanently. That does not go away even if you have to rescind your backing for your own personal nope. reasons. Once you get it, it's there for good. Um, and, and all kinds of other great stuff, guys. And it helps us so much. It helps us pay for our web fees. It's right now helping us pay writers. We've been mm-hmm. paying writers now for a few months, and it's been wonderful being able to give that money back to you guys. Yep. Um, it's eventually going to help us upgrade our recording equipment mm-hmm. because the microphone that we use right now is a few years old, which it still works great. But once we get the move, we're going to need a new isolation box. We're going to need to just set up a new space that's going to give us better audio quality than what you're hearing right now. So we've got stuff coming down the line. But so thank you all for that. Now, if money, even $2 a month, is out of your price range, which for some people it totally yeah, is. Absolutely. We get it. Words are cheap, guys. And you could get paid for them. Yeah. So, I mean, you could be earning money that way. So you can check out our prompts at themeltingpodcast.com slash prompts. We always have two open ones that uh, stories, 1,500 words or fewer, that gets you a stoke the fire. Click. And our current open prompts. Our prompt number 21. You found a star that actually grants wishes. Yeah, that one's still open. Yeah, that's still open, guys. You just heard a bunch from that. Yeah, uh, although at the end of the month, that one's going away. So you're on your last month for that prompt, guys. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And prompt number... Prompt number twenty. Do it. Do it. Prompt number twenty-two. Do it. Prompt number twenty-two. Do it. Stop it. <laughs> You're stuck in traffic, and the person next to you tells you to roll down your window. Do it. Roll down your window, and then write a story about what happens, and send it to us, and we'll make a story out of it. So send us stuff. We're not done yet because we still have to tell them. They, the they can still hear that they need to send us stuff. Why are we doing this? Quit it. <laughs> um, we also need main ingredient stories, which are 5,000 words or fewer, and they can be on any topic you like. Please keep it suitable for work, just for reasons. We don't mind some cursing. We always warn you if it's an explicit episode, but, you know, things. So I think that's it. And now we can tell them... To send us stuff. And we'll use it to feed the masses. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you could email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. 
And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek.